This is Global Ambitions, your 15-minute window into the minds of localization and international go-to-market experts. Discover how they respond to their biggest challenges. Here's today's host. Hi, I'm Antoine Ray, and I will be your host today for this Global Ambition podcast episode. And my guest today is Serge Gladkov, who is CEO at Logros Global. Today, our topic is going to be around NMT and what we call the last mile. Serge, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me here. So straight into our topic today, there's certainly a lot of hype in the industry and everybody seems to be using NMT uh, these days. Uh, however, the closer we get to the goal of perfect translation through NMT, the harder it seems to be getting to that uh, last mile. And there seem to be a number of misconceptions. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? This is a most interesting topic of our days. It's really a wonderful time when we have something new because for many, many decades, the translation seemed to be well known and simple, but now we are at the point where a lot of new things are happening, really new. We actually have this wonderful technology that's giving us amazing results, but we don't have artificial intelligence at all. Explain that a little bit for our listeners, because I'm sure a few people might disagree. <laughs> they may disagree, but fortunately, Massachusetts Institute of Technology has put it in their recent article on GPT-3. The greatest trick the AI has pulled off is to convince the world that it exists. This technology does not uh, think, does not process meaning. It is a wonderful way of working with uh, embeddings and processing a huge amount of data in corpus and producing uh, wonderful results which are useful but the question is how do we use them and what are these results uh, actually are 17 billion parameters don't mean artificial intelligence right <laughs> well let me tell you this the gpt3 is an example of the well i think the most advanced neural network to date it's huge. It's trained uh, on um, nearly all corpus that uh, they could find in the world. Like, I don't know how many terabytes of data, which is taken from everywhere, from books, newspapers, web, you name it. But um, And it does have 17 billion parameters, and parameter is simply a weight and a neural um, network. But the thing is that it's actually a simple model, which is simply trained on very large corpus of data. And be nice, it generates this smooth text, but does not have mind. That's the fact. And so you're saying that in this case, there's really a requirement for skilled people and that human-in-the-loop intervention during that last mile, right? As we work with machine translation, we, of course, admire the results. But what I would like to point out is that Today, when this technology is all around us and everywhere, uh, all of us have to be both the enthusiasts and the skeptics of this technology. Because on one hand, we should admire the, the way it works. And it's actually very interesting uh, how it works and how to apply it. As, as soon as you're trying to, to, to understand how it works, you see that it does not process the meaning. It's like this is a technology that uh, allows you to actually capture the meaning, which is in the corpus, but it's only realized through its usage. So there is no um, intelligence as such. What artificial intelligence 
is it's basically a neural network that analyzes the traces of bunny on the snow and you see that there, there is an animal which has four legs and it jumps far but there is no way to imagine what this bunny looks like you can only say that this is relatively small animal you will never see what's inside of that bunny so the the human language leaves traces of thoughts and the, the artificial intelligence processes these traces but it does not reconstruct the meaning at this point so we are very far from so called general artificial intelligence and this is where you need the skilled post editors to bring that meaning in that final mile when we work with empty post editing with with, with empty output and trying to post edit you will see immediately that the output it looks nice and uh, the the business of um, making words flow smoothly is uh, now is to a very good extent but it does not process meaning and especially in the languages who are far from english you you see a lot of problems with the meaning transfer that there's uh, severe errors uh, of the meaning transfer are actually making its way to the output naturally because the machine does not analyze the meaning so if you take the output of um, mt which is a mindless machine and the output is mindless as well you need to to put the mind to this result to get the really good meaningful results and the, what is really good is of course the question but um, which many people are trying to answer with premises such as uh, something taken from the wall and uh, good enough translation but the truth is and actually this took several years for the industry to realize the truth is that in order for uh, practitioner for the client for the practitioner to actually make a good use of machine translation in its current form uh, in neural network and realize all the productivity gains and all the financial gains that uh, we want to realize you actually have to apply the skilled language professional to the mt output so the one of the biggest misconceptions is that with mt you can get by with low cost low skill labor and here you are edit slightly and bingo now that that is actually quite the opposite so again in order for the client to implement the gains of machine translation you need to work with highly skilled people and uh, if you are not uh, working with a professional trying to crowdsource post, post editors you will end up with a situation when the mindless machine is doing the output and then mindless people are doing trying to edit this output not understanding anything what they're doing and uh, that is unfortunately the situation that we see a lot uh, recently i had a meeting with a client who's saying that uh, i understand that this is not so but my internal customers have that vision well uh, my answer was that you need to educate your internal customers because they probably they probably want it to be done quickly and to the large scale and without that much cost but i don't think that they want to get rubbish right let me give you an example. You you have a BMW, okay? You know that you have a quality car and all you need to do is to learn how to drive. But in some countries there are very low quality cars that break all the time. In order to drive that car, you actually need to be a mechanic <laughs> because because it, it breaks 
because it breaks on the road and you don't know what to do okay so with machine translation it's that kind of thing you you actually need highly skilled labor to use that thing and uh to watch for the quality that you need to uh, get in terms of the client requirements the client says i don't want the final quality okay i understand that you don't need a poem but you probably don't want to really get a marketing text with a lot of blunders that are completely unacceptable in terms of the really meaning transfer. I mean, this cannot be said. The modern MT output, if the machine is trained well, you can get a smooth text, but you need to read 100% to find five or six sentences which really need to be corrected. Okay, because if you don't correct them, then people will be laughing and your reputation will suffer. And then not because it's a huge, terrible error, but it's because it's factual error, a dumb error, and the people will laugh at your company for that. So what, what is the impact then of uh, NMT over the terminology and maybe even the translation memories that are in place and that we all using? It is another huge problem when so-called post-editors are editing the text and they are taken on assumption that they should be a low-skill, low-cost labor. Uh, we are ending up when all those blunders and errors are making their way into the translation memory. The literal imperfections are not corrected at all. And we are seeing that with some of our clientele when uh, the translation memory is getting polluted very quickly. It's deteriorating the quality of translation memory. And that really puts you into dead end where the translation memory stops making sense. And some of our clients are saying, ah, we'll not be, we're not going to put that into translation memory. That, uh, that is actually something that you cannot control. Because if you are using that, quote, quote, good enough translation, that will make its way into translation memory. And at the end of the day, you will see that you will have to check 100% of the text in translation memory. So matches stop working at all. And it's not, not a good thing because it's raised you the amount of work you have to do. There are no matches anymore which you can trust. They, they are wrong. So you have to check 100%. And uh, that is uh, the situation which results already with some of our clients, unfortunately. Right. And what's happening with the, the terminology side of things? Because like, if I understand well, NMT is not designed to handle terminology, right? The NMT, by definition, by design, works well when there is a huge corpus of text. And uh, that corpus is best when it's accurate and it's uh, good content and diverse and abundant. So if you have a lot of that, the result is uh, good in the sense that it's usable and it can work with it further. But um, by that mechanics, the terminology cannot be handled because terminology is actually less frequent words in the text, not most frequent words in the text. That's one, that's one thing. And another thing is that um, terminology just as language in general is, is ambiguous. That is, it contains things that are not so uh, straightforward and they play different role in different contexts and synonyms, the terms have synonyms. So uh, 
I'm sure that those of you who have been working with terminology professionally know that TPX standard has the concept at the top and only then the, the terms for the language. So it's one too many relationship between the concept and the term and the, in one language. And then there's many too many relationship with the terms in different languages. Uh, so uh, the terminology is ambiguous as well. So. There are ways to clean the corpus, um, like some people are trying to get to simply delete all of the so-called incorrect terminology from the text. But the thing is that if you tweak the corpus, training corpus in that way, then that engine will not be able to process any of the synonyms. It, it will be only using the terms um, in one way, which uh, will make all debatable uh, quality and approach because Really, if something is used in a diff several different ways, it's like Procrustean bed uh, when you put the guy on the bed and then you cut off his head. Then something which is left on the bed is not really a nice uh, looking, you know, picture. Right. Okay. Well, Serge, thank you very much for explaining some of those uh, misconceptions around NMT and giving our listeners some ideas on how to get around uh, some of those with a skilled human in the loop and working even closer with terminology and translation memories as you use NMT. I'm sure there might be more questions from our listeners and I would encourage them to reach out to us and to uh, Serge in this case. Uh, Serge, thanks very much for joining us on this program and uh, we look forward to talking to you again very soon. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to Global Ambitions. Subscribe at globalambitions.net or wherever you get your podcasts.